Is the Bible the word of God? Can I hold it in my hands and say it is true and I can trust it? In our first session on the Bible, there were two questions we were looking at. One, is what we have today what was written down 2,000 years ago, or has it been changed down through the years? In answering just briefly that question, we dealt with what is called the bibliographical test. The bibliographical test asks questions about the manuscripts. Now, we saw that a manuscript is a handwritten copy over against a printed copy, and manuscripts would deteriorate, was written on material that would disintegrate. So they'd have to make copies of it. And there were two questions about the copies. One, how far is the copy that you have from the original? Because the closer the copy to the original, the greater the accuracy. We saw that when it comes to the New Testament, there's 10 times more manuscript evidence for the closeness of the New Testament than any 10 pieces of classical literature combined. With the average literature, it's about a thousand year distance. With the New Testament, it's within 60 to 80 years of the original. There's no close second. Then the second question is this, of the bibliographical test, how many manuscripts do you have? The more manuscripts you have, the easier it is to reconstruct the original and check out any errors or discrepancies. We found that for the average manuscripts of antiquity, there's maybe 8 to 15 to 20 copies. When it comes to the New Testament, just the New Testament, there's 24,633 copies. In fact, the number two book in all history is the Iliad by Homer, with 643 manuscripts. 24,000 difference between the New Testament number one and the number two in history. With all these manuscripts, you can reconstruct the original and now show that what we have today is what was written down. Then the question is, was what was written down true? We started to answer that question with looking at the writers of the New Testament. There were two unique things about them. First of all, they wrote as eyewitnesses or they recorded eyewitness accounts. You can't get much closer to the original than that. And then second, and something that's a good corrective factor for truth and falsehood in history, is that they not only wrote as eyewitnesses, but they appealed to the knowledge of the readers and listeners concerning the facts and the evidence that they wrote about Jesus, what he said and what he did. And this is why I made the statement in the last session that the New Testament community is one of the most powerful forces for correcting any falsehood that would slip into the scriptures because there were people alive who were against the church, who were against the scriptures, who were against Jesus Christ. And if they had dared to add to or to take away what Jesus said or did, they would immediately been called down on it. Then the next step is this, to see, is what we have today true? Was it not only what was written down, but was what was written down true, is what you call the external evidence test. Now, this test, again, asks several questions of the piece of literature under examination. The first is the literary question. Are there literary sources 
apart from the document that you are studying that confirm its inner testimony. You say, no, wait a minute, Josh, what do you mean by that? Well, going back to the time of the New Testament, when it was being recorded, is there literature that goes back to that time that can, that's apart from the document that confirms its inner testimony? We only have time to touch on several sources. The first in literary evidence is Irenaeus. Now, you're going to have to listen carefully to see the connection here. Irenaeus was the Bishop of Lyons in A.D. 180. So we have Irenaeus, the Bishop of Lyons. Now, he quotes the words of his teacher, Polycarp. Polycarp was martyred at about 86 years old as a phenomenal believer in Christ. He was the teacher who taught Irenaeus. Now, Polycarp, now get this, was a disciple of the Apostle John. And this is it. You have the Apostle John who taught Polycarp, Polycarp who taught Irenaeus. Now, Irenaeus wrote this. So firm is the ground upon which these gospels rest that the very heretics themselves bear witness to them. And starting from these, that means the gospels, each one of them, the heretics, endeavored to establish his own particular doctrine. Now, this is what Irenaeus got from his teacher Polycarp, who got from the Apostle John. Now, what's the significance of this? What Irenaeus was pointing out, that back when the New Testament was written, it was so firmly established that this is what Jesus did, this is what Jesus said, that even the heretics themselves couldn't say, wait a minute, Jesus didn't do that. He didn't say that. They couldn't question it. So what they did, instead of questioning that Jesus said or did that, they had to start from the document itself and to develop their own heresies. Well, let me tell you, when you get those that disagree with you to do that, it establishes firmly the accuracy of the four Gospels. And then another part of the literary uh, question comes to Eusebius. Now again, follow the historical chronology. Eusebius, who is an historian, preserves the writings of Papias. Papias was the bishop of Hierapolis, who again was a disciple of the Apostle John. So this takes it all the way back right to the apostles and the writers of the New Testament. And Eusebius records the words of Papias, because Papias' originals have been lost. So you have Eusebius recording Papias, who got this information directly from the Apostle John. And it writes this, Mark, having been the interpreter of Peter, you see, when they would record the writings of Jesus, it didn't mean that Peter sat down himself and wrote it out. You see, in the days of the New Testament, you would have scribes, and you would, would dictate to the scribe, and the scribe would write it down. This is why in First and Second Peter, you can almost think two, two different people wrote this. Why? There were two different recorders or transcribers of Peter, one for First Peter and one for Second Peter. As a result, 
you have two different styles. Well, here is Mark with his, who wrote his gospel, and this is what John said. Mark, having been the interpreter of Peter, wrote down accurately all that he, Peter, mentioned, whether sayings or the doings of Christ. Not, however, in exact order. For it was neither a hearer nor a companion of the Lord. That talking of Mark. But afterwards he accompanied Peter, who adapted his teachings as necessarily required. So then Mark made no mistake writing down these things in the exact order that Peter mentioned them. And he paid close attention to this one thing, not to admit anything that he had heard, nor to include any false statement among them. Now do you see what happened here? Here is Eusebius, recording Papias, who got it from the Apostle John, saying that Mark, in writing his gospel, took it directly from Peter, and he was very careful not to add or to admit anything that Jesus had said or done that was mentioned by Peter. Now, in literary source, that is powerful confirmation of the accuracy and the desire for accuracy of the scriptures. You have the literary tests, then you have the archaeological tests. The literary tests ask, is there literature apart from the document under observation that confirms its inner testimony? The archaeological question asks, is there discoveries in archaeology going back to that time that confirms the inner testimony? Here, with the time that we have, I want to mention one person. His name was Sir William Ramsey. He was a geographer and an archaeologist. He was of the school, the 19th century German school, that believed that the Gospels in the New Testament was written way into the second century, years after the time of Christ, and therefore not accurate. Well, Sir William Ramsey set out to do a topographical study of Asia Minor. And after two or three years, he exhausted all of his resources going back to the first, second, and third century. And one day, somebody mentioned to him, or encouraged him, to read the New Testament, especially the writings of Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, in the book of Acts, and that that might help him to do a topographical study. Well, Sir William Ramsey immediately rejected it. And the reason he rejected it, he did not believe it could be accurate of the first century because he thought it was written years after the time of Christ. But soon he had totally exhausted every means of uh, doing a topographical study, so he decided to check out Luke. Well, this is what happened. After 30 years of research, Sir William Ramsey made this statement, quote, Luke's history is unsurpassed in respect of its trustworthiness, end quote. And he concluded that Luke was one of the most accurate historians of antiquity. Now, let me show you why Sir William Ramsey changed his mind about the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 18, verse 12, 
the Word of God uses the title of proconsul. Proconsul as a title for Gallio. But they said, all the other resources, everything, there was never any mention of Gallio being a proconsul or the use of the word proconsul. So they said, see, Luke made a mistake. And they were thinking, well, if you wrote hundreds of, you know, several hundred years after the time of Christ, of course you would make a mistake like that. But then, this is what they found. They found the Delphi inscription. And this is what it states. As Lucius Junius Gallio, my friend and the proconsul of Acacia. And all of a sudden, Ramsey said, wait a minute. How could Luke have known that if he was writing way into the second or third century when everybody else had missed it? And he started thinking, wait a minute. You could only have known that if you were writing in the first century. And then in Acts chapter 17, verse 6, Luke's usage of the word polytarch. Now, polytarch was used to denote the civil authorities of Thessalonica. But here again, the critics questions Luke's accuracy. Why? In all other literature, all other resources, there was never ever mentioned or used the word polytarch, let alone for civil authorities in Thessalonica. All through classical literature, everything, they never found that word. And they said, see, Luke is writing years after the time of Christ, and he would logically make that mistake. But then what Ramsey found were night inscriptions, secular historical inscriptions going back to the first century, 19 inscriptions where they found the use of the word polytarch for civil authorities. And what was amazing, five of these were direct references to civil authorities in Thessalonica. And finally, after a while, William Ramsey said, wait a minute. There is no way he could have been writing years after the time of Christ and been so accurate when everybody else missed it of the details like this in the first century. And this is why Sir William Ramsey concluded that Luke is unsurpassed as an historian. The detailed accuracy that other sources have confirmed of the inner testimony of the New Testament. This is why Dr. Nelson Gleck, the famed Jewish archaeologist and former president of the Hebrew University said, it may be stated categorically that no archaeological discovery has ever controverted the scriptures. A.N. White, Sherwin White, a classical Roman historian, after becoming a believer, made this statement. For the New Testament book of Acts, the confirmation of historicity is overwhelming. Any attempt to reject its basic historicity, even in matters of detail, must now appear absurd. Roman historians have long taken it for granted. Dr. F.F. F. Bruce of Manchester University in England said, where Luke has been suspected of inaccuracy, and accuracy has been vindicated by some inscriptional evidence, it may be legitimate to say that archaeology has now confirmed the New Testament record. 
when it comes to extra-biblical confirmation, literature from Irenaeus, etc., and Eusebius, and then archaeological discoveries, it shows that what was recorded in the New Testament is exactly what happened, right down to the details of political figures and titles that were used. I believe I can hold the Bible in my hand and say it is accurate, it is historically reliable, and it is true. In the next session, I want to go one step further on why I believe the Bible is true. In other words, it accurately portrays what Jesus said and what he did. I'm going to use the argument of the lives of the apostles and their deaths, how that confirms that what we have in the scriptures is true and accurate. Now let's go back and kind of capture what we have said so far. The first question, is what we have today what was written down? Yes. The bibliographical test asks two questions of manuscripts. Remember, one is the timeline. How far is the copy removed from the original? The closer the copy to the original, the greater the accuracy. The New Testament is closer to the original than any 10 pieces of classical literature combined. There is more evidence time-wise for the New Testament. The second question, how many manuscripts do you have? You see, when you have an abundance of manuscripts, many of them, it's so easy to take them and out of those manuscripts recreate the original and say this is exactly what was said or done at that time and what was recorded. With the New Testament, we have 24,633 manuscripts. And as we pointed out before, the number two book in all history in manuscript authority is the Iliad by Homer with 643 manuscripts. Then the writers of the New Testament not only wrote, they recorded eyewitness accounts or wrote as eyewitnesses themselves. Like Peter said, we did not follow cleverly devised tales. He said, we know the difference between tales and truth. We did not follow cleverly devised tales, but we were eyewitnesses. And then they not only wrote as eyewitnesses, and this is such a powerful corrective for truth, they appealed to the knowledge of their readers and listeners about the evidence of which they presented. They not only said, we saw these things, but in the presence of hostile witnesses, they threw it back in their lap and said, you did too. That is one of the most powerful correctives of truth historically. In the next sessions, I said, we're going to look at the lives of the apostles and the lives of many of the writers in the New Testament and see how their deaths and their life confirm the accuracy of the Word of God.